0: What's up, everybody? It's DG, and I'm back with another episode of Swipe File, and this is not just my bigger twin over here, Josh Allen. Uh, But, yeah, we got the same hairstyle. Josh is stronger than I am. You're Um, faster than than I am. Yeah, I can maybe do some more pull-ups, but that's about it. Anyway, (laughs) I'm excited, man, because, so here's the deal. I told everybody I was gonna double down on this podcast and do more of it, and I think the thing that I was screwing up is like, I think what's so fun about working at Drift, for example, is I'm a marketer. Doing marketing to marketing people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we're using our own product. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, there's so many lessons that, like, our best content, I think, here is when we just talk about what we're doing. Yeah. So I was like, shit, why have I not just texted Josh and said, let's do a podcast? Let's do, so, a, all right, so let's do a podcast. Is this, this is overdue. This is overdue. So I, I have like a million, I have a million things I want to ask you, but obviously, this is like, we take this conversation wherever, but yep. I want to so you you started off like you started your career in sales right mm-hmm. and I don't really want to go unpack your career but I want to talk about like the role of so you're the CRO at drift yeah. right did you see that like if, five years ago if you were say as a VP of sales or whatever like was a CRO role a thing like where did this come from
1: not really it was a um, you know it was funny because you'd look at uh, you'd look at organization trees you go back I don't know five to seven years ago and the highest level you got to in sales was SVP of sales. Like SVP of global sales was what you are going for. And at my past companies, like that, that's what the roles were and that's what you're striving for. And then as, as SaaS just became pervasive, um, there was so much more of a focus on revenue versus bookings. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was a way uh, for SaaS companies to say, remember, it's about the long-term outcomes of what's happening with revenue so there's a bunch of different components of that it's not just the acquisition and what you're doing for sales up front but it's good account management it's customer success it's the onboarding experience for a customer so it was like i think the the introduction of the cro title sort of lengthened gotcha. the responsibility for the whole customer journey as opposed to just just the selling aspect that happened in the middle so to go back what you said about like revenue versus booking so in the old world you would just
0: Book as much deal, book as many deals as you could. Yeah, that like, was the job. Get it up on the whiteboard. Bookings. That was the goal. Get the booking on the board. But then, and we've had you know early days of drift. Like we spent a lot of time with like with Mark Roberish, for example, mm-hmm. and he talks about you know his 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 methodology, and that's when with kind of you know, funny conversation we just came out of, which is more like product led growth stuff, mm-hmm. right? Where sales started to be more incentivized for. The success of an account, yeah, and that's where these k- things kind of blurred.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's I think because like revenue is the outcome. It's the outcome yeah. for the company. It's what the CFO is focused on. In public companies, it's what the market is focused on. Is they want to know what are you actually generating for revenue as a company. So it, I think it was a way of of um, kind of subtly making sure that whoever was responsible for the, in the sales org was focused on a better long-term outcome as opposed to just that moment in time where you get a booking done because there's a lot of work that happens yeah. after that. So how do you like in your in that role, how do you stay sharp on all these things,
0: right? Because I think it's it's one world if you're like I run a sales team, their job is to sell, but mm-hmm. like you're very involved in you know, you know what's going on in marketing, you know mm-hmm. what's going on in, in customer success. Like how do you how does that play out into how you run your days?
1: Mhm good question
0: cuz i think it would be really easy for you to just be like i own revenue we're going to you know yeah. we're going to book more cuz like you're never it's almost like winning solves all problems right like one yeah. one answer to could just be like let's just go crush bookings for 3 months mm-hmm. and then figure out the problem but like it seems to be you have a little bit more of a long-term lens and you're involved in the other teams
1: yeah i think you have to be it's it's um I get crucified for using sports analogies too often. You can use a, sports analogies, but it's there, totally there is fine. like you know you look at like a, 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 a coaching staff of a football team. Okay. Let's maybe can we wait for that? Sure. Yeah. There's a yes. uh, fire truck. If, have, have if you notice oh. the new sirens on police cars in the cities, by the way, they have this like deep <laughs> bass that's like a
0: whoop mm sound. Oh yeah.
1: Right. What is that? I don't know. But is I it first like less it hard
0: on your eardrums? I
1: I don't know if it I don't know if you can hear it like over the radio if you're in your car or like ear pods or what mm. it is. But I noticed it when I was in New York City, first yeah. time. And it's like a very different sound. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah. I
0: was gonna say if Annie was here, she, my two year old daughter would go, wee wee <laughs> I love that. <laughs> They're all the same, fire yeah. truck, police yeah. truck. Yeah. Ambulance. We, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. Okay. okay. So here's what I wanna talk about. Let's, let's transition. Let's talk about marketing. This is a yeah. marketing podcast. Yes. Okay. I wanna yeah. know all the like good relationships, it, how does a how can marketing like how do we work best with you and i don't want to talk about here at drift obviously there's stuff but like yeah. I, I want to like get real like what are the beefs that you have with marketing and what are the what are the things that like we don't often see because i think most people that listen to this podcast they're in they're marketing mm-hmm. they're in the weeds every day mm-hmm. and like marketing, LinkedIn, for example, we'd love to do this thing where like, look at this shitty email I got from this dumb sales rep who, you know, and I do it too, right? Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, I wanna yeah, know like the yeah. other yeah. side, I wanna know the other side of this because I felt like, you know, early days of Drift, like I was the first marketing person here and we had, you know, one rep, then three reps, then 10 reps, and we were really close because mm-hmm. it was easy then. Like You're physically close Physically, too, physically right? close, like yeah. every day, I remember every day at five o'clock we would go and sit down Mm -hmm. like Armin had like the first four or five reps, Armin's our VP of sales, he ran the sales team uh, like in early days of Drift Mm -hmm. and I would just go sit with them and just listen and every rep would go around and be like okay I had three calls today and it'd be like oh cool where'd you get them from? Mm -hmm. Uh, That webinar that you did and I'd be like Cool, okay, that must be working, let's do more of that, right? And that was like an amazing, amazing thing. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like we could write a whole book just on that experience. Mm -hmm. But as we grow, like I feel less removed from that today and it also becomes harder because then you have, you know, 30 people on the marketing team and different priorities. So how do you, like how have you stayed, how can you stay closer, how can we stay closer to sales to actually make an impact? Other than just like we generate a bunch of stuff, we punted it over the wall, go.
1: Yeah, I I think it's, uh, there's a, I think you're one of these people who just has this natural curiosity about what's going on in the business, in the market. Um, that's important. Uh, the best salespeople are wired the same way, where it's like you're just so curious about your customer and what they do and how they've built their business and why they do things the way they do and the types of people they've hired. Um, it, it's it's the curiosity and wanting to understand what's happening. So. So I think about it from a sales standpoint is like we look at the leads that we get, we look at the opportunities that we've developed based on the meetings we've had, and you try to unpack and have as deep an understanding as to why. For good outcomes, for bad outcomes, and for everything in the middle, you yeah. wanna deeply understand the why, mm-hmm. which is not, is, is a lot, it's a lot harder than it sounds. Um, you can have surface level understanding, but it's hard to go deep and truly understand that, okay, if we move this lever this way, this is the do- these are the dominoes that fall afterward i think marketing is the same way where it's like yes we have this big beautiful brand and then we have much more specific demand generation activities that are happening we have very particular pieces of content we're building hmm. that are targeted at personas they're targeted at types of companies they're like all these different things it's it's the want to understand what each of those is generating yeah and what types of outcomes they're generating and where we could actually develop better content or or when is the time to pivot a little bit and start to focus on a CMO or an executive of an enterprise and offer a different layer of like it's it's so I think where where marketing teams are successful and sales teams and, and frankly most types of functions is when there's that deep curiosity and want to understand the results that are happening within the business I
0: totally I think that I talk about this a lot on this podcast is like I think that curiosity is the number 1 skill in marketing. Mm-hmm. And for me it's like actually a gift and a curse because it means I can never like I can never just let something never go. Shut it off. I need to know yeah. like why why is he using that camera and that camera, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But and that, it's just like I can't ever turn it off. Yep. But it does push you to understand like well why did we do that thing and mm-hmm. what is the effect of that. And I, and I that is the magic, right? is like when you can do something that like if I think back to the early days again, which is like we had no attribution then And I, you know, we would literally go. I would go 20 deals and I just, hey, let me get the last 20 deals that close in Salesforce Mm -hmm. and literally go one by one. Mm -hmm. And then in a spreadsheet, be like, okay, we had the chat transcript. So they said webinar. Okay, that was a webinar. The Mm -hmm. last page they visited was the demo page. So they got a demo. And then literally just out of that, make a, like a, you know, simple pie chart that's like 30% of people came. That's Mm -hmm. the stuff that is so fascinating. Things that that don't scale. Things that don't scale. But do you see that even at our scale Mm -hmm. now? Is it like, you know when you're digging in with your team, ops leaders, is it still the things that don't scale that you find the real learnings from?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think um, if you're in a growth company, if you're in a true growth company, like classified as hyper growth, if you're in a hyper growth company, you should be breaking things left and right, which means that you have to do things that don't scale because you're not gonna have the systems and the processes in place yeah. already. Yeah. It, the learnings come from things that don't scale. And so it's, you know, give an example of um, our sales process. We built the sales process for a largely inbound sales motion with the expectation that a customer was a certain percentage of the way down the buying funnel As we've grown as a company and have moved our business up market because that's where we're being pulled we had to change our sales process to adapt to that but you have to you have to learn the breakage yeah you have to start to implement deal-by-deal pieces of a future process and then say all right this is working Mm. let's now layer that in. let's scale it across the whole team
0: that's a super interesting learning right because I think it's amazing how much you learn from being here and and doing it Mm -hmm. and doing stuff. And so the learning of like, yeah, we used to just have people that would show up on our website and say, hello, I'd like to buy now, right? Totally different sales motion than like, go to this webinar about three demand gen strategies you're gonna need to know by 2025, Mm -hmm. right? Like one person is ready to buy now, one person is not. Mm -hmm. And it's a totally different profile of lead and person that you're gonna need to work that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was
1: different, because it was like early days, they were like, I want to test what this thing is. Like, what is this thing that Drift keeps up? Why do I see DG's face everywhere? (laughs) I need to go try this thing. Do you know that
0: the biggest (laughs) argument Armin and I used to get in would be like, there was too many leads. (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh,
0: uh, Okay? uh, Yeah. So, Armin, I love you. But that was the argument that we would get into a lot. And and, and it is funny because this is, for me, It was the first time like being in a marketing leadership role and Mm -hmm. and having like full responsibility for that and so it's amazing because until until drift I'd only like read and read in books and podcasts of the jokes about the beefs between sales and marketing Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then when I was in that seat for the first time I'm like holy cow you can see how this thing that you might joke about how marketing and sales are don't have the right incentives Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. see how that totally plays out yeah cuz we do feel like you are totally two totally different people right yeah. like you're measuring me on leads you're measuring this other person on deals yeah why would i not just generate a bunch of leads and right. kick them over the wall and be like look boss i'm doing my job why aren't you doing yours why are you doing yours yeah. but i think then it does take like i think the only way that i saw through that was actually sitting with the actual sales team mm-hmm. because no spreadsheet no salesforce report is going to show you that mm-hmm. but then you have an you have a rep here that's like look, I know you're arguing this point right now, just come on a call with me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'd be like, okay. And that was like when things changed for me as a marketer because you get on a call and all the cute little d- decks and designs and taglines and stuff that I had made as a marketer, now I'm being forced to actually get on the phone mm-hmm. and make that case. And mm-hmm. then you hang up the phone and you and the sales rep is like, See why we need that deck. Mm-hmm. See why need we need that updated case study, and you you feel that firsthand, which is you don't get that from a, a
1: spreadsheet. No, you're absolutely right, and it's, and I like I think what we all appreciate about you here and our marketing team is, yeah, the, willingness, on, is the willingness, is the willingness to want to get on calls, want to talk to customers, want to want to really understand yeah. uh, what they're trying to. Get.
0: Well, I think honestly, like I would even even if I didn't want to do that, and we weren't just curious people, like I would want to do that as a defense mechanism because sales people ask for a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. like decks and this and that and so I think it is one way the lazy way is saying like no we can't make that yep but also the lazy yes or or exactly or also the lazy way is saying (laughs) yes because then you just spend your day being a yes man to the sales team Mm -hmm. but you don't actually know what's working Mm -hmm. so to be someone who can roll up your sleeves and get on calls and listen and now there's you know we use Gong for example it's amazing right it is and so you don't have to I don't have to be like I'm on calls from two to four you can listen to them on your walk and the exact types of calls you want to listen to yeah. yeah and I think one of the one of the marketing lessons that I learned from DC in the early days of drift just marketing in general was like he always said like you just use their words mm-hmm. use their words whatever they say we could hire some consultant pay them 50 grand to come in and do a messaging exercise for a company mm-hmm. right or you could listen to five or ten calls and you're gonna hear exactly what they say mm-hmm. and then be able to spit that back and if you to say them.
1: it back to them have you read never split the difference yeah
0: yeah, it's mirroring. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Voss, I would have no yes. chance against that guy. No, I don't think <laughs> any of us would. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: but
0: but I think that that's the that is the that is the stuff that like so I I wrote this note while you're talking earlier because I want to talk about I want to talk about sales enablement a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm. And the role the role that marketing plays in sales enablement. Yeah. Cuz I think it, it's it's a it's a big ask at a lot of companies, but I think it, it, what most marketers that I know at least we boil it down to is like sales team needs another deck. Mhm and i think it's also hard because it's harder to measure like you do you do s- something new on the website you can pretty quickly measure lift in conversion mm-hmm. but an in investment in sales enablement that's going to take longer to measure the the lift in close rate right yeah. or win rate absolutely so let's talk about like give me give me the like what would you have in a dream
1: world of sales enablement from a marketing team uh something that is packaged in a way that it's repeatable it's consistent and it's it's in like tight form meaning uh, I think we have tons of content here but being able to pick your prescription that if I'm going on a call with an enterprise talking to a head of demand generation this is what I'm gonna say every single time yeah and that because um, it, it's it's easy it's easy to take like all right here's what we'd recommend and then there's 47 versions of it because it becomes doctored and and um, you know somebody thinks that they're either smarter or they had this trick that worked before or whatever it is. I actually think the tighter we can make it, and I've heard this from a lot of our recent hires, is when you tighten this thing up mm-hmm. and you put this in front of me and I can use it and I can use it the same way every single time and I can have my metric proof points that I point to every single time to talk about what happens when you put a second net bot on a website, Yeah. That is very yeah. powerful stuff. I
0: think my wife and I have this conversation a lot. Like we hate like um, going to the doctor, right? And we just went to the doctor a bunch because we just had a kid. But mm-hmm. we hate going to the doctor, and you don't get a black or white answer from your doctor. You know, when your doctor's like, "Well, you know, Josh, your knees bothering you, so you could, you know, you could do this, you could do that, you could do that." No, no, no. I'm at the doctor because I want you to tell me what to do. Yeah. right. And I think that's a good analogy for like what you mentioned about the prescriptiveness, like tell me what i should do next I mean, our customers ask us for that tell, like, me. tell me what i'm supposed to do and that's yeah. i that's also today how you win deals yes. like even yeah. if we have the best even if we think we have the best product in the world at drift the market is going to always be like well how is it different than this and how is it going to be different than that so the mm-hmm. way that we can win more deals is by showing that you're the expert mm-hmm. right you have to be we did an interview maybe a year or so ago um, in Canada, with the guy who runs sales at Shopify Plus, Plus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he said, "The best salespeople today act like tour guides in a new city. Right? You show up in Toronto, you've never been there before. Hey, I'm Dave. By the oh, you like steak? Okay, then you got to go to mm-hmm. this place. Right? That's what you want. Mm-hmm. That's what the best salespeople are today. And so I think your your point is like, how can a marketing team figure out what you need to run effective tours?
1: Absolutely. And the same if you, but if you go on that tour twice, you should hear the same thing. Yeah. It should be very close. Yeah, yeah, it should yeah. be 98% of the same content. Yeah. And that's what the good ones do, because it yes. is, you're staying within the boundaries of what we know works. Hmm. And we're prescribing what works to this the, to the team and we're staying there. Um, do
0: you, you own sales enablement here?
1: Have you always done it that way? Uh, ish. Um, <laughs> I've seen it done both ways, where it's centralized learning and development for the company. Um, Similar to the way we have our operations team built, mm. and then it's kind of hub and spoke. So you have like the spoke for sales development, you have know, marketing development, customer success. Um, at Drift, we have sales enablement within the sales organization today, it, which is is very um, very deliberate. I think based on where we are, because we had mm-hmm. a, a team that's relatively junior in their experience, so the opportunity to really be able to affect process and change. And help them develop as quickly as possible. As quickly, like we have this growth curve that's happening right now in two ways. One is um, not only like the number of customers and the number of deals that we're selling, but the complexity of those deals is increasing pretty quickly because we have marketing involved, we have sales involved, we have the BDRs and SDRs involved, we have right. operations involved.
0: We sell multiple products now. Like this. exactly, yeah.
1: right? So we have to we have to be able to lean on our sales enablement team to help steepen the development curve of the team. Um, to make sure they can keep up with how we're going to market. And so I think it, in our current stage and state as a company, it works well to have it within the sales organization. In a future state, we may get to a place where like this is so repeatable yeah. and consistent that we do have a centralized learning and development function, and you almost have classroom style. And yeah, it's the same thing it feels
0: like it could be an extension
1: of a, of a good product marketing team. Also, it can be product marketing. Yeah. It can be. I've seen it uh, in my last place. It was in the people organization. Oh, interesting. As yeah. a
0: centralized tra- so they trained all teams, including sales. It was
1: learning and development, so they were focused on gotcha. like leadership development and programs for the engineers, and then there was. Like the two of the top salespeople in the company had actually gone into enablement and moved into that department. I mean, they spent all their time with us, yeah. um, but it was a centralized function. Yeah, so I think it works both ways. How do you? All right, we we maybe do like five more
0: minutes, but I want to talk about um, marketing. This is less about you as yeah, less as you as like a sales leader, more just as an exec. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, how do you market?
1: How do you? How do I market to somebody like you today? Uh, there's an old saying in one of my former trainings that you can't be perceived as better unless you're perceived as different. Mm. I think that's the trick. And uh, it's, it's saying something to me um, that is either unexpected or is highly targeted at something I'm thinking about. So, which, you know, sometimes you have to anticipate and sometimes it's just yeah. a math equation and you know if you reach out to 100 people sure. 30 of them are gonna be thinking about this issue at any given time. Yeah. Um, so I think if it's, if you mark it to me with some level of understanding of uh, some of the challenges I'm dealing with today and how you've addressed them, um, like if, if, if something came across my desk that was, here is how we were able to ramp reps faster at your two largest competitors, I'm gonna look at that. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, there's I think there's one emotion there that works almost in, in
0: in any type of marketing, and it's like this. I don't know what exactly what it's called. There's probably a real name from somebody smarter than me, but uh, I call it like kind of like the keeping up with the Joneses effect, which is like you want to know what those other two companies That's are FOMO. doing. It's FOMO. Oh, it's pure FOMO. Wait, they're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Why are we not doing that? Yeah. Why are they using this? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, what did I miss out on? What did what I do, miss out on? And yeah. it it might not even be right. It may not be.
0: But it's going to get you the conversation. It's going to get
1: you the conversation. It's going to get you to explore it and understand it. Yeah. Do you think that, separate from execs so though, do you think that,
0: God, this is a leading question. But there's no other way I can ask it. But <laughs> I think that as a marketer, I think that marketing is getting so much harder than it used to be. Mm-hmm. And Why do you think that? Because I think that there is like, an infinite amount of supply out there in mm-hmm. our industry, and the and we, and perception to me as a marketer, perception is everything. Mm-hmm. And so you see the Scott Brinker's Martech landscape slide. You know, you see there's seven thousand SaaS companies in yep. our space. Even though we think that we are the most differentiated company at Drift, n- very few people outside of the company believe that. Mm-hmm. But just because you look at the sheer stuff in the market, Mm -hmm. right? So there's like, A, there's just so many other products and things that are claiming to do the same things, Mm -hmm. similar. On top of that, we're also just bombarded as people by information on every channel, right? Mm -hmm. Like I am addicted to my phone in a way that I wish I could not be addicted to it, right? Like I'm on Instagram, YouTube, podcasts, email, Twitter, LinkedIn, that's all in the last 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? Then you're watching Netflix, you're on Amazon Prime. Like we're also being bombarded with information as a consumer on top of that then marketers everybody has a podcast everybody has a blog everybody has events you know you, you don't have the advantage you had 10 years ago Where you're like oh shit that's the only SaaS company that had an event they mm-hmm. must be a big deal mm-hmm. there's no more event season anymore every company has an events so i think like the convergence of all those things has just made it like straight up noise mm-hmm. and it's really become a hard way to it's hard to get attention because every cro in the world right now especially at a fast-growing company is getting a hundred sales pitches mm-hmm. a week, right? Yeah, and so it's almost like trying to. I remember, you know, remember graduating college and you're trying to apply for a job, and it's just a volume game. You can have the best resume in the world, but they might not see it because mm-hmm. 500 other people did. So I think that's what has made marketing harder. Yeah, okay. You know, there yep. there is there's fewer channels that you can. Uh, I think like 2006, if you were an early mover and you started a blog, you were going to own search for maybe totally. a decade. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I think for us growing this company, like. SEO was not a strategy mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people that blew me up for that mm-hmm. but I think it was the right move yeah we're paying some you know uh, some debt from that now but like if four years ago if our whole marketing strategy was to rank for the terms live chat like mm-hmm. we would not have been very effective and it would have been very expensive It would have been a it would have been very expensive <laughs> B the quality of those people would not have been good yeah. and C we were trying to resegment the market and reposition the concept of live chat so we didn't even want it so and we wouldn't have had brand. Yeah, we never it So anyway, that. that's my rant yeah. to tell you marketing is harder than ever before. But I do think that um,
1: I don't I I don't know that I totally agree. Go ahead. This All is right. why you're here. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know that I totally agree with it being harder. I think it's different. Okay. Where it used to be, um, it used to be that you needed some sort of a major episode or hmm. something that was happening to capture somebody's attention. There okay. were more like big hit forums. So it's like, your example, if you were one of the first ones to have a blog and somebody landed on that blog early days, it's like, whoa, that's something I haven't seen before. They're keeping it fresh, there's new content, this is valuable, it's interesting. All right, you have an event, and that is a major episode at that point yeah, because there's not a lot of other like channels. Right,
0: or or you only had uh, you had that big product launch once every six months.
1: Big product launch, or you had the, okay, the one you. time you dropped in Seattle every year, and you're gonna you we're looking forward to that event because that's when you learned about what was happening, whatever your industry was. Yeah. I think now there are the expectation is that if you're gonna buy something. There are, there are these micro events that happen all along the way mm-hmm. before you go and purchase something, especially in B2B, where there, it's, a, it's more of a drip than it ever was before. And you have to be able to nurture somebody. Um, and it's not just about content. It's about, it is about being able to see the brand on LinkedIn when I open my feed. And I'm not necessarily engaging with it, but I see it, yep. it's there. Yep. And I start to know what it is over time, not because I am actively trying to know, but because you've just been fed so much over time. And then you occasionally run into that bigger episode, whether it's an event or something else. And so there's, but there is a longer tail uh, uh, an expectation around the content and familiarity that's being built. So there's a longer courting process before somebody Will buy oftentimes, um, and that's okay. That it, it it makes it harder, and that there's more channels to manage that yeah. you have to be responsible for, and yeah. how you want to feed those channels with a consistent message that's yeah. saying something similar. But I just I just I think the expectations are different. I, okay, I
0: have this like one of my worst qualities is I change my mind a lot based on like the last thing that I heard. So I'm I do agree with you that. <laughs> that, no, but you did you do you you reframe that. It's not that marketing is harder because you could actually make the argument that like in the 1950s when there were no channels, marketing was harder. Yeah,
1: when it was radio, right, early TV show and billboards. At door
0: yeah. to, what's the I forget what sales book it was it, but or maybe it was just in a train. I'd once did a Sandler sales training and the example they they talked about was like the the vacuum salesman who would like he would show up at your house, dump a bunch of shit on your rug and be like how you gonna clean that up? <laughs> well, good news—I got a vacuum. So, but exactly I, I do well. think I do think your point is your point is good. Like the thing you said about like, these micro events, mm. there is not more. Than, and also is just like every day you can be doing something in marketing now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for that like you know on-prem you know update to no. your product every six months. And I do think that maybe it's just a mindset thing, which is like more marketers today have to accept the fact that you got to play the long game and it is all those cuts.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this like groundbreaking white paper that you develop that is like it it's that's good to have yeah. and it's helpful but it is a bunch of micro events that lead up to it and happen after it that are usually going to culminate in a sale. Yeah. All right, Dan, we'll let him we'll
0: let him go. I think we
1: did a good job. Josh, thank you, man. Yeah. All. Appreciate Fun. it. Have Appreciate
0: it. Let's go back to selling some stuff. Let's do it. All right. All right. See you. Thanks.